And if you take your Bibles and turn to 1 Peter, toward the end of the New Testament, 1 Peter, and as you're turning there, as we've been enjoying this uh, time of focus on the Lord's death and resurrection, on the victory that we have in him, uh, because he's the one who conquered the grave, I think all of us know at least one person, maybe more, who would love to be in a service like this this morning, but they can't for some reason. Maybe their own health, maybe the health of someone they love. Uh, Maybe they just aren't in a place right now where they want to. But we want to stop right now and and remember them in prayer and ask the Lord to bless them in a special way on this very special day. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the, the great privilege of being together like this on such a special day. And Father, we know that every Sunday is special because we, we meet because it's Resurrection Day. It's the day, the first day of the week. But this is a special one. And we, we have so many friends and loved ones uh, who, can't, who can't be here or, or, or the church they would like to be at this morning because of their health or because of the health of someone that they're taking care of or because of things going on in their lives and, and, and their reaction to them, Father, and they're just not in a place where they where they want to gather with your people, where they want to worship you. Whatever the circumstances keeping them away today, Father, we pray for them. Some are traveling. Again, some are suffering, we know, and Father, some are wayward, and we just pray that you would work in their hearts, that you would remind them of your love, remind them of what you have done for them through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you for your ability to minister to people here and wherever they might be. Because you are the great God of your word. And you have done these things for your glory through your Son, our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. All right, children, are you still listening? Where are you at? Kids, where are you at? Raise your hand. I want to see you. Okay. Very good. Now, We're going to look this morning for just a couple of minutes at at a very, very important person, all right? Now, some of you are thinking, Jesus. Yes, you're right, Jesus. But there's another very, very important person that helps us understand Easter so well. Now, who saw Jesus after he rose from the dead? Kids, you listening? Who saw Jesus after he rose from the dead? Some of them were in the scripture reading this morning. Mary, that's right. There were some women that saw him. Who else saw him after he rose from the dead? Who? Peter. Peter did. Somebody else? How about, how about this? How about Thomas, without a doubt? He did. Remember, remember he doubted. Jesus showed up to, to some of the disciples, and Thomas wasn't there. And when Thomas came, Jesus was gone. And, and they said, Jesus was here. And he said, no way. I'll believe it when I see this, the, the, the nail holes in his hands and, and, his, and his side. And you know what? The next time Thomas and the disciples were together, Jesus came and Jesus walked right up to Thomas. Said, here, put your hand, put your fingers right there. Put your hand right here. And then Thomas knew they were telling the truth. Thomas knew that he had risen from the dead. But somebody mentioned a little bit ago, the person that I want us to talk about this morning for a little bit, Peter. Somebody said Peter. Yep, thank you. It was a good job. 
And I'm really glad, kids, I really want you to listen now because it's really important to know how we, find, how we found out that Jesus rose from the dead. It was because of his disciples. It was because of those people that saw him. And Peter was one of them. And Peter had a very special relationship with Jesus, you know. Jesus, Jesus forgave Peter a lot, like, like all of us. And that's one of the reasons that we like Peter so much. It's one of the reasons that we can appreciate him because Peter was the kind of guy who needed a lot of forgiveness. And that reminds us of ourselves. And Peter was the one, you'll remember, that said he would never, he would never deny Jesus. He would always worship Jesus. He would always say that he loves Jesus. And then one night, the night when Jesus was on trial, some people said, hey, I think I saw you with Jesus. He said, I don't even know who you're talking about. He did that three times. And the third time, he even cussed a little bit. He was, he was trying to let them know he didn't know who Jesus was. And then he saw Jesus being led to another place, and, oh, he realized. Jesus had told him that he was going to do that, and he did it. Do you think he was excited to see Jesus when he rose from the dead? He was. He was. In fact, one of the times that he saw Jesus after he rose from the dead, he ran in water for like 100 yards. Now, how many of you have been to the beach recently? Some of you I can see, okay? I can tell. Their, their, their faces are glowing still with the sun. How, how many of you were at the beach recently? All right. Did any of you run 100 yards in the water? No, it's hard. It's hard to do that. Peter was so excited to see Jesus one time that he ran 100 yards in water to get to him. There was no video of that, but that would have been a funny video. I bet he fell a couple of times. But he was so excited to see Jesus because he needed Jesus to be risen. He needed to be forgiven of his sins. And one day Jesus said this to Peter. He said, Peter, when you were younger, listen up, kids, because this is what he was talking about, about Peter when he was young. He said, Peter, when you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted to go. But when you're older, somebody else is going to dress you and they're going to take you where you do not want to go. And when Jesus said that, Peter knew what he was talking about. Jesus was letting Peter know that he was going to die for believing that he rose again from the dead. That Peter himself, one of the best friends of Jesus, that he was going to die because he kept telling people that Jesus was alive. Peter believed it. Now, some people would have heard Jesus say that and say, you know what, I think I'm not going to talk about this anymore. I'm going, to try, I'm going to try my best for that not to happen to me, what Jesus just said is going to happen to me. But Peter didn't do that. Peter, in fact, talked to, to lots and lots of people about it. He even wrote some letters about it. And I want us to look at 1 Peter this morning and see what he said about Jesus rising from the dead. He mentions it a number of times in this letter. We're just going to look for a few minutes. And so kids, listen up. Listen to what he said. See if you hear anything about Jesus rising from the dead in Peter's letter. Verse 3, chapter 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Did anybody hear that? Yes. I'm glad you're listening. Did you hear that? He has given us new birth into a living hope 
through the, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice. We've been rejoicing this morning, haven't we, kids? We have a great reason to rejoice, but listen to what he says. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Because remember, Jesus Christ is coming back. He rose from the dead, he ascended to the Father, and he's coming back. And he says, though you have not seen him, you love him. See, Peter saw him. And he's writing to people who never saw him, like us. He says, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Peter said the resurrection of Jesus is important. It's so important he wrote about it even though he knew he was going to get killed for it. Think about that. Think how important it was to Peter who saw Jesus face to face, who touched him, who talked to him, who ate with him, who worshipped him. Think about it. He says it's so important that the resurrection from that Jesus resurrection from the, from the dead is what gives us hope it's what gives us joy even even during times when we're really having grief did you hear that word he said grief and sorrow and sometimes kids we go through some really really hard times really hard times and Jesus having risen from the dead helps us get over those hard times because he reminds us by his resurrection that there's hope for us. That even though we go through some hard times, that there are better times ahead. Not necessarily better times in this world, though sometimes while we're living we have better times. But most important, he's talking about the better times that we're going to have because we are going to live with him forever. He wants us to think about that. When we're going through our tough times, he wants us to think about what he's promised for us. And to remember that the promise is sure to happen because Jesus rose from the dead. He's the only one that can give us eternal life because he's the only one who conquered death. He rose from the dead. Oh, he had a number of times he raised other people from the dead. But he, with the help of no one but the Father and the Holy Spirit, of which he's a part, the, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, God three in one, He rose from the dead victorious over death, and we will also be victorious over death ourselves. We were singing this morning about rising. Well, we rose to our feet to sing it, but more important than that, we're going to rise to heaven when he returns or when we pass away from this life because this life doesn't last forever, but being with Jesus in his glory will last forever. And that gives us a joy that we can almost not even describe. 
So what we do is we get together on Sundays and we sing about it. Isn't that a great thing that we get to do? Welcome back, Richard and, and Rebecca. I like uh, Richard Howe and Rebecca. They were in, um, in Israel just over the last couple of weeks. But I like that what Richard tells about a, a debate he was having. He has debates some, some often uh, with atheists. He's a professor of philosophy and apologetics at Southern Evangelical Seminary. And he has these debates with atheists. And kids, atheists are people who don't believe in God. And one day he was having dinner with one of the atheists that he was debating. And the atheist said, I really envy you Christians. We don't have any reason to get together and sing and stuff. And he's right. Who else does what we do? Who else does this? This is an amazing thing that we get to do. Because we have this this joy in our lives, in our hearts, that's almost indescribable and inexpressible. So, So we get together and we sing about it. It's an amazing thing. We should be thankful for the ability, for the opportunity to do that as we do that every week. It's an amazing thing. And so kids, Peter said, remember Peter saw him. Peter loved him. Peter was forgiven by him. Peter knew he was going to die for his faith in him. And because he kept talking about Jesus rising from the dead, Peter said it is important to remember the resurrection of Jesus because he's the one who's promised to give us life. He's the one that we can count on to bring us into his glory when this life is over. And he will get us through every difficulty that we face. Now, I want us to look at one more thing that Peter said about Jesus' resurrection. All right, And this goes back all the way to the Old Testament. We're not going to turn to the Old Testament right now. But we're going to talk about it from 1 Peter chapter 3. Turn just a page over and look at 1 Peter chapter 3. And look what he says in verse 18. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. And these aren't the only two places in this short letter that, Jesus, that Peter talks about the resurrection, but the only two that we're going to look at this morning. Look what he says. For Christ died for sins once for all. Anybody believe that? Amen. That's why we have this cross up here. And it has the white... Uh, the white cloth on it today. That's a special thing we do on Easter. The white cloth reminds us of the, of the strap they would use to take the person off the cross after they died. And that's what they had to do. They, they, they dropped Jesus down on a, on a cloth like that. And so on Easter, we put the cloth back up there just to remind us he's not on there anymore. He's, he was buried, but he rose again. So Jesus Christ died for our sins once for all. The righteous... For the unrighteous, Jesus is the righteous, we are the unrighteous. To bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit. All right, so here, here's the, there's a mention of his resurrection. He was made alive by the Spirit. And then it makes a comment about the Spirit here. Through whom, this is the Spirit, Also, he went and preached to the spirits in prison who disobeyed long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, the ark, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. Now, we want to think about that for just a second. Did you know that Jesus was hanging around during the time of Noah's ark? 
all the way back in Genesis chapter 6. Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, spoke and preached through Noah. Because Noah wasn't only building that boat. He was preaching. He was known as a preacher of righteousness. He was preaching to the people. Lots of people came by to see this boat that was being built. Because Noah built this boat kind of where there wasn't any water. And, and it was big. How many of you have been to the, the Ark Encounter? Or look, look it up online. It's big. The Ark was really big. As he's building this thing, people would come by and say, what is this? And Noah, you know, with these crowds that were coming by, Noah would let them know that he was building this boat because God was going to judge the world for their sinfulness because of their rebellion against him. This, these were terrible times. We think times are terrible now, and they are. In the days of Noah, if you read in Genesis chapter 6, you find out that everybody, except for Noah and his family, everybody was evil, everybody was wicked, everybody was violent. All the time, it says. It was a terrible, terrible time. And Noah was the preacher of righteousness by the power of Jesus living in him, by the Holy Spirit. And it's the same Spirit that enabled Jesus to to preach through Noah to tell those people how they could be forgiven, how they could be saved. None of them listened. None of them obeyed. None of them believed him. They mostly probably just laughed at him and called him names. But he and his boys, they kept on building. It took them over 100 years to get that boat done. And you can understand why. If, you've, if you go up to the ark encounter, you can understand why it would take so long. It's a big, big boat. And God had a great plan with it. And here in, in 1 Peter 3, he tells us what that plan was. Let's look back to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21. Or let's look at the end of verse 20. These spirits that are in prison now because they disobeyed and they died in the flood who disobeyed long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. Now listen to what God was showing us through that water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience toward God. It saves you. Listen now. Kids, listen. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels and authorities and powers in submission to him. So the ark, Noah's ark and the flood remind us of baptism. Water baptism. The water doesn't save us. The water doesn't clean us. Oh, if we had some dirt on us, it would knock the dirt off, but it wouldn't do anything for our for our hearts. It wouldn't do anything for our souls. But when we're baptized in water, we're, we're showing a symbol of what God has done for us by his Holy Spirit that Jesus, who again rose from the dead, ascended to the Father, and sends the Holy Spirit to live in every single person who believes. That's how he saves us, through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. We are saved We are forgiven because Jesus rose from the dead. Look for the final final passage we're going to look at. Look at Titus chapter 3. It's just a couple of pages forward. Um, Titus chapter 3 helps us see 
this important ministry that the Holy Spirit has in saving us. And the reason he does it is because Jesus rose from the dead and sends the Spirit, just like he did to Noah, sends the Spirit to live in every single one of us who believe. Look what it says in Titus chapter 3, verse 3. Now there's going to be a description of us here about what we were like before we received Jesus, before the Holy Spirit came into our lives and saved us. Look what it says about us. Verse 3, Titus 3. At one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. That was us before we met Jesus. That was that was the people that were living in Noah's day. That was a picture of them. That was a picture of us. Verse 4. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. Remember, he rose from the dead. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He sends the Holy Spirit to save us. So that, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Jesus saves us because of his resurrection. He's able to save every single person who believes in him because of his resurrection. Because he died and rose again, ascended to the right hand of the Father, he sends the Holy Spirit to live in us, giving us that guarantee that we also will live with him forever. That we have been saved from our sins, forgiven, completely and utterly forgiven of all of our sins. And some of you are thinking this morning, wait a minute, I don't know about that. Some sins seem too great to be forgiven. There aren't any like that. Read his word, you'll find proof of that because everybody that's, that's saved in the Bible, and some of them especially are terrible, terrible sinners. Murderers, adulterers, liars, rebels insurrection, all kinds of terrible sin. And, and then he also adds these to the list. They also committed things like disobedience to parents. Anybody hear that? Yeah, that's on the list. That's on the list right up there with murderers and stuff like that. God forgives us of all of these sins. Gossiping, grumbling and complaining. He forgives us of all of these sins, greed and idolatry, worshiping other things other than God. He forgives us of all of these things. There's no sin too great to be forgiven, that's too bad to be forgiven. And there's no one that's committed too many of them to be forgiven. He took care of that by dying on the cross and then on the third day rising again from the dead so that he could send his Holy Spirit to come and give us new life. We need a new life. That's why he uses that term, rebirth. 
That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you have to be born again. Your first birth birthed you into sin and to death. You need a new birth. You need, to, you need the Holy Spirit to come in your life and baptize you like the world was baptized with water, like we're baptized with water after, we're, after we believe in Jesus. We are baptized by the Holy Spirit and saved, forgiven, empowered to live life for his glory. Empowered to use our trumpets. And we have a lot of them up here this morning to remind us. Empowered to use our trumpets to express the glory of God, to express the goodness of God, to express the grace of God. Do you remember what his grace is? It's his gift to us. And you remember what a gift is? Kids, some of you got Easter baskets this morning, right? There were gifts in those baskets, right? Some goodies, some chocolate maybe, some bunnies, stuff like that. How many of you paid for any of the stuff in your Easter basket this morning? Raise your hand if you had to pay. Hopefully nobody did. Why? Because it was a gift. Somebody else bought it and gave it to you. That's what Jesus did for us. By his grace, we're saved. He bought our salvation. He bought our forgiveness. That's why he went to the cross. Because the Bible says very clearly that the wages of sin is death. The thing that we deserve for our sins is to die and to be separated from him forever like those people who wouldn't listen to Noah. They wouldn't listen to him. And so what did God say? They are now imprisoned. Their spirits are imprisoned, waiting for Jesus to return. And then they will be judged and sent to hell, separated from God forever, along with everybody else who dies in their rebellion against God. But he gives forgiveness to every single person who believes. No matter what our sins were, he gives forgiveness for all of them by his great love, by the power of his resurrection from the dead. And so this morning, a couple of things ought to be happening. We ought to be more thankful right now than we have been in a while thinking about what he has done for us by rising from the dead. We ought to be very, very thankful. That's for those of us who believe in him. Those of us who don't believe in him. We ought to have our ears opened, our eyes opened. We ought to be thinking for a minute, wait a second. Where do I stand? What's going to happen to me? And the word of God says, you're in the same boat as the people living in Noah's day who rejected Noah's message of righteousness. Righteousness through faith that Jesus Christ gives to all of us who believe. It is available to you, just like it was available to them. Don't be foolish, as the word of God said in in Titus 3. Don't be foolish. Be wise. Take advantage of what God has done for you through Jesus Christ. Receive him today. This would be a great day to receive him. A great day. What a, what a day to remember that this is the day that you put your trust in Jesus, that you said, you know what? I believe that he died on the cross for me. I believe that he did rise again. I believe that he's coming back, and I believe that he will forgive me of my sins. 
You believe in him and he will. He promises to. He says he sends his Holy Spirit to come into us and give us new birth. To clean us, wash us completely clean from our sins. And to make us the righteousness of God. He'll do that for everybody who believes. Somebody else may be a believer already. But isn't living for Christ. You need to take take, uh, some encouragement and inspiration from the Apostle Peter. Apostle Peter had a tough life because of Jesus. You know, he, he could have just stayed a fisherman. In fact, he was thinking about going back to fishing at one point. Then Jesus was on the shore, gave him another miraculous catch of fish, called him by name personally, and he ran out of that, he jumped out of that boat, swam, and then when he could run, ran 100 yards in the water to get back to Jesus. He wanted to get right with Jesus. And this may be the day for some of us to get right with him, to start using our trumpets again. Because all, we've all been given them in different ways, different talents, different abilities, different gifts. And we may not have been using them for him. This is our opportunity today for a, for a restart, for a recommitment, for a, for a time to say, you know what? I've been living for myself long enough. I'm going to give myself to Christ again. I'm going to live for him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow my trumpet for him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what Peter did. I don't know if it's going to end like Peter, and I hope it doesn't for any of us, but we don't know how our, how our lives are going to end. But Peter, not being afraid of what it was going to cost him, lived his life for the glory of God by the power of the Holy Spirit who saved him just like he saved us who believe and, and told so many people. And still, 2,000 years later, we're still being influenced by Peter. We're still reading his words. As an eyewitness of the resurrection of Jesus, we can believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And that matters to all of us. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for the Apostle Peter, a man that we can relate to, a man who sometimes spoke before he thought, Sometimes thought wrong and spoke anyway. A man who sinned a lot. But a man who trusted in Jesus and therefore was forgiven a lot. We thank you for his ministry. We thank you that in the face of death, which he faced daily, he didn't know when it was going to happen. We thank you that in the face of death, he continued to talk about the resurrection of Jesus, about Jesus rising from the dead about Easter. And so we thank you for his encouragement today. Father, we thank you that you're still working through your Holy Spirit, saving people every day, just as you saved many of us. Father, we pray that you would save those today who put their trust in you, who believe in you. And Father, we pray that many would come back to you today here at Midway, but also all around the world where your gospel, your word is being proclaimed, that many would remember to use their trumpets that you've given them for your glory because you are worthy, because you deserve it. And Father, we will look forward then to getting together in our inheritance, shared with our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, forever giving you the honor and the praise and the glory that you deserve. And we pray it in Jesus' great name, our risen Savior. Amen.